Welcome, everyone, to the third episode of Butter With That, a podcast of a group of friends from Philly just hanging out, sitting around, talking about movies. This began uh, as just conversations we would always have at work, and we decided, why not create a podcast out of these riveting conversations? Um, so the first segment of this podcast is called Unfocused Group, a segment in which we pick at random some question that the group has to answer in a short amount of time. So I am going to select at random one of these questions. The question is, least favorite Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Wow. Wow. Interesting question, because um, (laughs) bold of you to assume that I have any favorite Pirates of the Caribbean movie, (laughs) because I don't fuck Johnny Depp. He can go to hell. That's my piece. Is that it? Who are you? you Oh, I'm Sam, by the way. Sorry, everybody. You're you're good now. Yeah, I'm good. Those I fucking hate those movies. I hate Johnny Depp. Wow. He's a prick. And I'm so mad that he ruined the Harry Potter series because he's going to be Grindelwald or whatever, and I can't go fucking see it because fuck that guy. Sorry. Wow. Who this, knew? This quickly turned into our new segment, Sam Rants About Things. <laughs> right, minute one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like, I like how I mentioned Johnny Depp in an episode already, and you didn't go off. But as soon as we mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> you're like, ah. Oh, Fuck. I was you, thinking about it, though. All right. Because Pirates of the Caribbean is the Johnny Depp franchise, and he sucks. And I also agree with Sam. I've only seen the first one. It was a great question. And It is a good question. Yeah, I question. actually kind of enjoyed it at one point, but can't say it is my favorite movie at all. So would probably say the first one is my least favorite because it's <laughs> the only my one favorite. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fuck Johnny Depp. So, Tori here. Um, but when it first came out, like, I didn't really know anything about Johnny Depp. And so then I started watching other Johnny Depp movies. And I, I liked him at the time. I was like, okay. Like, you know, Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow. Like, um, you know. Good films. Arguably good, good films. Yeah. So, like, and, you know, I didn't think he was as, like, horrid as he is now. Like, he's a shitty person. And, like, I don't know if he, like, lost a bet to Tim Burton or what. But, like, he clearly is just, like, lost his mind. Um, that being said, I have seen the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, I would say the third is my least favorite, uh, and the second one is my favorite. I know that wasn't, like, part of the, the question, but the second one I actually think is pretty decent to watch. Mostly because Jeffrey Rush is fucking amazing. And that's it. Connor here. I think my least favorite one is the third one, because the Earth is not flat. True. Ooh. That's all I have to say. Facts. Hot take. Yeah. Hot, hot take. I but feel also, like that's kind of an underlying premise, or like an underlying understanding and all, and at least in the first one. Don't they think that they're going to like mm. drop off the edge of the earth or something? Do they say that in the first I one? Don't, I, don't I don't remember. Know. But Keith Richards plays his dad in the third one, doesn't he? I think so. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Isn't that when he's on the desert island? I think he's on the desert island in the first one, but there could be multiple desert island scenes in Pirates of the Caribbean because there's only so many places you can go with pirates. In the Caribbean. In the Caribbean, <laughs> correct. Yeah. Limited scope of a movie. So, I prefer the ride. Oh. I mean, the ride's great. I've, I've never been, been on, on the ride. I've never I, been is on it good, it. Dave? Until yeah, it's fine. Until they put Johnny Depp in the ride. <laughs> 
until Johnny the Depp's end. Johnny Depp's now in the ride. They made an animatronic Jack Sparrow. Now he just sits there with you as you oh, go on that's every that's single time. That's my nightmare. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> so we all just learned a little bit more about Pirates of the Caribbean, a little bit more about ourselves. Um, riveting. This riveting. Riveting stuff. Yes. We will now enter our second and main segment where the topic of the month is talking about underrated favorites. And this week's episode uh, focuses on my underrated favorite, which is The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan. So I guess I will first explain why it is an underrated movie, but it is no stretch to try to think of reasons why everyone hates M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, he's a very polarizing director. Um, people, he, his reputation pretty much tanked post Sixth Sense. But I've got a soft spot for him. And <laughs> I really, I feel like it is most seen through the visit. So whether M. Night meant it or not, he created a movie that completely upturns very a couple trite and problematic tropes in the visit one being horror movies love of fear of old people like the old mm. creepy lady in the attic screaming and tropes like essentially demonizing mental illness using that as a way yeah. to create scares yeah. um in yes. a very problematic way true and I remember watching this movie with friends and they fucking hated it. Watching The Visit. They're like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. But there was something so curiously weird about this movie. And the first time I watched it, I couldn't really pinpoint it. But I knew that I thought it was intriguingly weird. So I chose it for this segment and returned back to the movie and realized that he upturns these couple tropes by turning the audience, in my opinion, against the people you're supposed to root for. And those characters are the kids. And instead follow the, these creepy grandparents and, and how they transform as characters and refuse to fulfill the role of like doting sweet grandparents or total monsters. So I'm gonna pass it off, I haven't really... And Wait, this is found footage, correct? This is also a movie that's supposed to be, yes, found footage Great. horror. So I think also that's another kind of, you could say, horror movie trope. Yes, definitely. Um, and I would love to see and hear, hear other people, especially Sam, who saw the movie, her assessment of how successful that found trope stuff is. Um, but before we go through the plot of the movie, I'm going to pass it off to Connor, who watched the trailer. Connor, what did you get out of the trailer of The Visit? So I haven't seen The Visit, only Christine and Sam have Actually, seen. I've seen The Visit. Oh, you've seen The Visit? Yeah, sorry guys. I but saw not it. as a part. But, but not, not as, as a part. part of this. But I did, I have seen it. So, yes. so I tried to ap approach this trailer as somebody who's never heard of The Visit. I knew kind of like vaguely of it, because it came out a few years ago, not that long ago. 2015. 2015. Yeah. So I knew like some things about it. Um, so I tried to approach it from the perspective of somebody who had no idea what this movie was, just seen the trailer for the first time. And it opens pretty upbeat. It plays this like kind of like fun, just like happy-go-lucky song. You have um, Catherine Hahn, who's in Step Brothers, Bad Moms, Anchorman. It's like really funny lady who's like the kid's mom, who I guess is like sending them from 30th Street Station, Philadelphia. Yeah, and it was actually 30th Street Station. That's what he does, man. He films here. He loves it. And it was so cool. And I don't mean to like totally interrupt you. Go for you. it. However, like in the movie... Um, 
I knew that they were getting on an Amtrak train. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. They're on Amtrak and the conductor's there. But then once they get off at the train station, in the distance, a SEPTA train goes by. And I was like, no, and now you just ruined it. Now you ruined it. Not, I mean, you didn't ruin it, but in my perspective, I was like, no. <laughs> okay, continue. Not Connor. the authentic Philly. Not the authentic Philly. Um, so, and right away, you're kind of, like, unclear. It's just, like, okay, kind of, like, fun. Maybe it's, like, remind me of, like, Grown Ups. Adam Sandler's Grown Ups. Felt like had that kind of vibe of just, like... Was that supposed s- to be fun? Just, like, the vibe of what <laughs> Sandler was trying to go for. That movie's terrible. Yeah. But the vibe of just, like, wow, look at the wacky adventures that mom is sending kids to the grandparents. And then the movie, the trailer takes a huge turn. Yeah. It's just, like, super happy-go-lucky, blah, blah, blah. And then grandpa's like, wow, welcome, here's some cookies and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, by the way, bedtime's 9.30, and I wouldn't leave your room past 9.30. And the kids are like, 9.30, come on, grandpa. And then it's like, go to bed, cuts to them, and then they're like, they hear this, like, scratching, banging at the door. And it's like, the thing says, like, 10.47. And they open the door, and their grandma's naked, scratching at the door across the end of the hallway. Like, screaming or something. And they close the door, and you're like, what is this movie? And then it kind of does these shots of, like, creepy grandparents. You see the daughters, like, set up cameras around the house, I guess. Set up some cameras around. And then there's just a bunch of, like, creepy things. Grandma's like, honey, can you climb in the oven to clean it? Then it cuts to, like, maybe the oven's closing in on her. Oh God, Grandpa's cleaning his shotgun, and he has, like, his mouth around it. And then he's like, oh, I'm just cleaning the shotgun. Go away. This is all in the trailer? Yeah, they the trailer give away gives away, away a lot. This is the whole movie. This is all in the trailer. And then also cuts between, like, M. Night Shyamalan, director of Signs, Sixth Sense, kind of all that. And also, I guess, the producer of Paranormal Activity. So I very much got the vibe of, like, and the question of, is M. Night ripping off Paranormal Activity to, like, cash in on the found footage craze? The trailer just made me think of that question. And from what you said, it sounds like that's not necessarily well, is Paranormal Activity really what set off the craze? I think it, like, reignited it. Okay. And there definitely was, like, I was watching a clip or two also, like, after the trailer. And there was definitely this one where it's, like, just at night. And it's just, like, very, like, Paranormal Activity-esque where you're, like, just looking at the kitchen in the dark. And then you're like, where's this creepy thing going to pop out? And then the grandma just like slowly walks across the screen. And it kind of like walks back around and she pops up in front of the camera. Ugh, and yeah. that felt very like paranormal activity-esque of just like waiting for the jump scare. Mm. Um, but it interests me. I heard, I really like Split, the movie that M. Light made after yes. this so one. Good. So, and I've heard people said that The Visit is sort of the beginning of his rebound. Mm. Back after the really terrible several films that he's made. Yeah. So Tori, yeah, what did reviewers think about the visit. Okay. Well, like I've, I've I feel bad too because I've also seen this, so I'm, I'll try to keep as much of my own personal stuff out of it as I can. Although I did, I'm a huge horror movie person, so I did enjoy watching it. Um, so reviewers, like you kind of already mentioned in the intro, it's very polarizing. Um, M Night Shyamalan is a polarizing person in general. One really interesting thing that someone m- mentioned was like, if you like found footage, like if that's your thing, you'll probably like this. But if you hate found footage, there's no way you're gonna like this because like there's always those like teeny little issues with found footage, like. Why are they still holding the camera? Like, why is this thing happening? Like, why would they put this here? Um, And so those are, like, definitely some, like, little bitty issues here and there. Um, A lot of people did, like Connor said, like, kind of think this was, like, the beginning of his, like, redemption. And I've seen a a couple people wrote similar reviews of, like, cool, like, this is his best movie in a really long time. Like, it's coming back. Um, But, you know, I don't know how 
there were other people that were also just like, oh, if this was supposed to be redemption, then like, fuck that. That's not what happened here. So it was like kind of funny how different everyone's opinions were. Um, one thing that someone said too is just something about uh, Mark Wahlberg too. They're like, oh, this comes from like the guy that like made Mark Wahlberg scared of wind or something. <laughs> Which I oh, lost it happening. when I read that. Um, and you kind of talk about like the tropes too, but then there were people that were also saying like, this does demonize old people. This like does like demonize the mentally ill, uh, which I think is kind of interesting how they like brought that up. And then a lot of people keep talking about it being a horror comedy hybrid. And I saw it in several different um, comment boards, which I, I, I saw the movie. I didn't get that from it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I didn't get that from it. Some people thought they really did a good job combining those things. Other people thought it was terrible, which I know Dave and I have talked about this movie before. I was kind of thinking of Krampus a little bit when I was <laughs> reading the reviews about like, oh yeah, it toes that line, but maybe not super great. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff that people said were really a great. Um, one of them just said, allow me to put my head in the oven and make the case for the visit. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh way hard um and then other people because i know sam and i talked a little bit about the visit uh but someone basically said like oh if you don't get the twist by the first 15 then you fell asleep in the first 10 minutes which i thought was funny too because i know when i watch it i did not get the twist but that was just me personally um someone also said something about like just it being crappy which <laughs> some they also That's made very funny for something that it is very funny in the movie. it is yes. very funny because Crap they were like oh jump scares um sandwiched in between feces filled diapers which mm-hmm. i thought was a really great comment but then Ugh. i was like well there are only so many things you can fill diapers with so yeah feces is gonna be up there so yeah. um oh, but you know people have a lot of feels which i think just kind of comes from m night Shyamalan in general um but i think you know Basically, from the reviews and, like, what it said, this was mostly from Rotten Tomatoes. It got, like, 65%. So it seemed like they were more positive than negative. I think a common consensus was that, yes, this might be one of the best movies he has done in a while. But that doesn't mean that it's saying a lot, considering how shitty the movies were. Again, sorry for the the feces puns and stuff. (laughs) Um, Like, how the stuff that came before it. Because he really did have a a lot to redeem here. Which I think he does way better with Split and hopefully with Glass, which is coming out soon, Glass looks awesome. Yeah, Glass looks really great. Uh, But yeah, so very, very Split for reviewers is what I got here. Um, Okay. So we've we've got impressions from the trailer. We've got... Reviews that pretty much 50-50. Yes, split reviews. <laughs> Just laughing okay. at my own silly joke. That was a good plug mm, for the new stuff. upcoming movies. Um, and let's... I'd love to just kind of give a quick overview of the general plot. And then I've got some questions for Sam to see her thoughts about um, having watched this movie. So general plot, we've got two kids um, who are traveling to outskirts of Philadelphia... Who knows? Maybe Bucks County. Some I think it is supposed to be bucolic atmosphere, whatever. County. They have sure. not. They have never met their grandparents ever. Oh, red flag. Um, so, yeah. they live not so close, but, right. <laughs> but familial distance so far. Okay, so they've never met their grandparents. Their mother left home um, and has not seen her parents in 15 years, and so they're. 
grandkids are like, Ma, go on vacation. You're going to go on a cruise and have a blast. We're going to go meet Grandma and Grandpa. So they go out, get on SEPTA, go out to some town outside of Philly, and spend SEPTA is our train system, guys, yes. by the way. Yeah. Um, decide to spend a week with Grandma and Grandpa. And um, meanwhile, the girl is carrying camera. Actually, both the grandkids are carrying cameras around them with them. And the whole movie, as Tori said, is just the footage that they are capturing of the entire is it like, just because is it just because they like cameras? So the the girl, <laughs> Becca. Oh, I think don't is get me name. started on these kids. The so the kid. Okay, so the girl is this young, like filmmaker, in the making or something. She thinks she's a very sophisticated filmmaker and wants to capture this really momentous event by making a documentary. Mm. Being like, gonna see grandma and grandpa. This is gonna be a healing moment for everybody. Um, I'm gonna capture this. And Very Spielberg. And also her brother wants to um, capture this footage as well. So, and then obviously things take turns for the worst and scary. And then kids almost die. And grandma and grandpa are not who they think they are. Uh, or the who the kids think they are. So that's kind of an overview of the plot. Sam, actually I will just open it up to you. What were your impressions watching this movie? Yeah, so great question. Um, I just want to say up front that I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I did not expect that, and I was so pleased that I liked it so much. Um, something else that I really appreciate about M. Night Shyamalan is his love of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I have yeah. such Me a too. deep love for this state, for my home. So, like, anytime someone's drawing attention to how great this state is, I love so much. And there, and there's just so much here, right? So there's there's so many mysteries. Like, you know, what's what's going on in the endless woods? Um, what about our crazy, like, creatures, wildlife that we have? Why did we vote for Trump in 2016? Like, all questions that have no common yeah. sense answers. Right? I bumped into them filming Glass at uh, in, like, Rittenhouse Square. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. He's he's always here. He's always filming stuff. Yeah, and so like, and he and he films it actually here. So it's like, you know how the office they're like, yeah, it's filmed in Scranton, but then like in clips you saw like palm trees outside, and you're like, I mean, you can only do so much, right? You're like a sitcom, but but and and it's hard because it's over years and years and years. But like, I'm so glad to see this. Um, but anyway, overall impressions. So as I was watching the movie, um, three things came to mind. Um, I was like. Whoa, this reminds me of Hansel and Gretel. Whoa, yeah. this reminds yeah. me of Goosebumps, um, Stay Out of the Basement, mm-hmm. where the dad turns into a plant Hell monster. yeah. And then I was like, oh no, this is definitely a reverse Red Robin. Um, uh, Little Red, Little Red Riding, Riding Hood. Hood. Yeah, um, it's a reverse of that. And so like, I was really going on that theory that like the, the grandmother was like, um, like a wolf or something yeah. along those lines. And so I was disappointed with the ending because I think I prefer my version. And and the one thing I will say is about the ending, like I'm so over the trope of blaming a person's mental illness for why they commit crimes. I mean, I, like to, to bring in a topical reference, like the mass shooting in Florida that yeah. just happened over the weekend. Um you know, the, that, that asshole fucking lost a competition at the, like, a video game competition and then, like, shot a few people. Like, like, fuck you. That's not your mental health. That's just you being a privileged asshole. So, like, let's move away 
from this, ah, this person is suffering from, what do they call it, like a sundown syndrome? They have all of the, yeah. They use interesting terminology. Yeah, so, 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 M. Night Shyamalan, if I could give you one critique, just move away from this mental illness thing, because I fucking hate it. Have you seen here? No, 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 but I I will defend Split. He does it well. He does it very well. I don't think he demonizes the mentally ill in Split, so I would love if other people watched it so we could talk about that, because I think he does a really great job of that not happening. So I will defend that. Yeah, because Split is sort of like an analysis of what this one person is kind of going through. Yeah. So here is kind of the center of why I found this movie so odd and so interesting is because I think that, okay, so the character of Becca, the daughter, she's making this film that she thinks is going to be called what she, or what she refers to the The elixir, elixir, which is this documentary that is going to help her mom heal her relationship with her grandparents. It's going to help her become this young auteur, filmmaker and she's gonna like be able basically be able to gain something from this little trip to grandma and grandpa as they're all gonna become one family first over the course of the movie she realizes (laughs) grandma and grandpa are not gonna like bake her cookies and like sit down and talk about like you know the dark well they do so it's like it's i saw it as them like half-assed trying to perform these grandparents roles but ultimately they don't want to be these, like, doting grandparents. So they're not fitting into, like, the expectations of, like, your standard grandparents. Yeah, so she sits them down and is like, Grandma, tell me about the daughter. And then she, the, the grandma in this one scene tells this whole story about fish in a well oh, yeah. and then aliens come. And she's so, I just saw it, the whole movie, as a big, like, fuck you, little filmmaker daughter. These characters are not going to, like conform to your expectations of what you want to be. So halfway through the movie, she's like, okay, grandma and grandpa are not going to be the grandparents we think. And then the movie switches into, wait, there's something like really creepy about grandma and grandpa. And then we enter into the realm of like, is M. Night Shyamalan using mental illness as a way to create scares and drama? And arguably, arguably you could say he does, but I also see the sort of the comedic aspects of some of the scare scenes as a way also of these characters breaking outside of like the the binds that still the Becca's like, oh, maybe this is a horror movie. Maybe I can like use them to be these like scary old people. But really these I thought I found the old the grandparents the most interesting characters in the whole movie. I know y'all are hating on the kids and like fuck they were annoying. But Something I thought that was, like, so, like, of the age, like, of 2015 in particular, is this idea of vlogging, which, like, YouTubers do all the time. So, like, I know she was trying to make this documentary, which I think I missed in the beginning because my air conditioner was on. So, like, I was like, I can't hear this. Classic mistake. Um, So, I missed that part and what the elixir was. So, I was like, wow, this is totally believable. Like, it just looks like she's vlogging for, like, YouTube. Which, like, then I was sort of like, you know, those are just inherently annoying videos that I just cannot not watch. So, like, I understood why they were behaving in that way. The brother, I just 
I was like, if he dies, I'm fine with it because he was really annoying. White kids rapping. Like white kids rapping is just like. Does he rap what? in the movie? Yeah, he does. He does. Does he get the a poop lot of people were upset about the rapping it based on nasty. user reviews? It was so nasty, but I will say that he showed some character growth because so his sister calls it songs of misogyny, which I thought was very funny. I laughed out loud. And then he was like, you know, maybe instead of saying ho, I'm just going to say um, famous women. And so he'd be like, ah, Katy Perry. Kind of like reminiscent of like mm. the four-year-old version of like Kelly Clarkson. But anyway. Um, <laughs> when he's getting his like, Yeah, waxed. yeah, right, right, right. So maybe like a little bit of growth. Although like thinking ho and like famous female, like famous women are synonymous as like disgusting. I think that was probably M. Night trying to like write a character that he was like, oh, this, this kid's with it. Therefore, I'm with it. I know I know what these kids are talking about. Like an days. adult writing dialogue Yeah, that's kind of... Um, yeah. From what I... Like, it's been a while since I've seen it, but based on user reviews, a lot of people were saying that the acting of the kids was really solid, though. Oh, Do you guys yeah. agree? Yeah. I, I agree 100%. I really wanted the grandmother to be Diane Lane for some reason, because I thought <laughs> she looked like her, especially in um, the Superman movies, the, the new ones with um, Henry Cavill. I thought she looked very similar to that, so I was like, oh, I just want you to be Diane Lane, but... I thought the grandmother's performance was, was so good. It was phenomenal, though. Um, and uh, the, like, one of my favorite, like, go-to scare scenes was under the barn, so the kids sure. are playing hide-and-seek under this, like, barn with a lot of tunnels, and then suddenly Grandma decides that she wants to play. Aww. And it's, well, oh, you you don't no. realize it until no, she there is no awe starts here. scrambling in the dirt down this tunnel. It's like, I'm gonna get you. And oh, then was not, I was like, I'm getting goosebumps shit. right now you're, thinking about you're it. Getting, you're getting you have the scene, and then the kids finally get out, and they're like, "Oh my god, that was so intense!" And then Grandma emerges, and she's like, "I'm gonna make a chicken pot pie," and she just smiles, and she turns, and, and you her, see her one butt cheek, and I was just like, I for some reason it just made me so happy. I was like, "This is just." A woman living her best life. She just like Christine's like, that's what I wanna be. I, for some reason I was just very, very intrigued by this character. And like a lot of the scares do focus on the grandmother. <laughs> Pop Pop's just kind of in the background. Yeah, he's like an enabler, which is fine. Mm. So you so where you come from of being underrated is people aren't valuing kind of like these performances and kind of like what M. Night is doing with these, like, crafting these scares? The thing is, is I don't know if this was... I don't know if... I think M. Night sides with the kids because he has the kids overcome in the end. But I think I was intrigued by this movie because I was like, fuck the kids. These grandparents are really, really intriguing. And, like... The mere fact, so the grandmother has a lot of scares, and a lot of the scares are, or, like, the, a lot of the scenes are her, like, wandering in the in the downstairs at night uh, from this sundown syndrome, mm. and she's sometimes naked, and she's sometimes walking around. How many movies have you seen in which, like, a 70-year-old woman is, like, completely naked? Yeah. And I was like, first of all... Good for you, girl. Good for the actress, good for that character. And again, I don't know if this was M. Night's intention, but I was just kind of like digging this grandma the whole time. Um, and then the, I thought Pop-Up had a great line 
as things are escalating, the kids are like, this is scary, we gotta call mom, and then mom figures out through Skype that those aren't actually her grandparents, and suddenly the police can't those be aren't called. aren't her grandparents? Because, oh, like, oh my god. Oh yeah, so the big, the Which big. Which I knew as soon as they showed, um, so they were like Skyping the mother who yeah. like went on a vacation with like, some kind of bow, like whatever, which like, ew. Um, but the grandma was like, oh, I dropped something on the, the camera only of the computer. Um, sorry, it's oh, ruined. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that means you're not actually her grandparents because you're worried about the mother seeing you. That's it. That's, that's interesting. That's what it was. And which I knew is, immediately. You said you were disappointed that it didn't kind of go further into this like fairy tale like like twisted thing. Is that like that was kind of part of it too? Like you were disappointed that it was just that they weren't. Yeah, I was. I mean, so you know, I had like two thoughts, right? So I was like, oh well, they're they're just straight up not the grandparents because, you know, for that reason. But also, like, what if they are the grandparents? But if it if we're working with that like. Red Riding Hood perspective, like, we're, we're, we're doing that, like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, she was a werewolf or something along those lines to just give this a little bit mm-hmm. more, like, creativity and, like, to lean less on mental health being the villain? Yeah. Um, so who were the old folks? So the grandparents were killed by these characters that are impersonating the parents who flee like a psychiatric facility oh i was just about to say did they leave a psychiatric so, facility and then now they're taking over the home and now yeah. they're Another, criminal right yeah and so that is sort of the heart of i think a big problem of the movie but also something that i saw as sort of this it was like these yeah i, I don't know if there's fully a way to really justify M. Night's device, mm-hmm. but I saw that once I sort of saw the twist, I was like, I, there's still something still endowing these characters with power. They killed the grandparents. They're, they're inhabiting this house. They are really just trying to They're trying to play live. it. They're trying to play it. Yeah. Uh, Grandma is wants to make cookies. She's, or I mean... I don't know. She, Grandma wants to do whatever she wants. She wants to run around in the basement. She can. If she wants to play hide and seek, she can. <laughs> but see, this is another part where I'm like, M. Night, you missed out on some like crazy, like, um, like Grimm's fairy tales mm-hmm. because she was making them food all the time. She was like, oh, have this cookie. Here, I made breakfast for you. And he made a point to show that. Mm. And I guess maybe he was getting at the fact that, like, look, this looks like a generic, like, um, old, old lady, gr- old lady, yeah. old grandparents. But I was like, if you're working on, like, Hansel and Gretel perspective, like, this is amazing. What if she's, like, slowly poisoning the kids? Yeah. Like, there was so much Flowers more. in the attic style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like there's so much more that I felt like he could have done. That, like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, I really enjoyed this film. Like, I would watch it again. I was surprised. I agree. Christine, were you surprised with the twist? I, I was surprised, but I didn't think that it was, like, a huge twist. Um, or... The twist being that they're not... I think it, like, when, I remember watching it, and, like, it was a while ago, but it, like, sent a chill down my spine when mm. they were just, when she was just like, those aren't your grandparents. I was just like, holy shit. Like, being a kid, like, 
assuming that these adults are just like here to protect you and they care about you and then realizing that none of that is true and you're also a kid so how do you deal with that situation if you're an adult you're kind of like oh cool like i can just like get the fuck out of here or defend myself but like you're definitely like not in a position of power there they're all the way in bucks county and see that point was a little anticlimactic for me because like the the mother didn't respond in the way that like i would have oh she didn't scream she was just she just sort of... Right, like, if that was my mom and she was like, she'd be like, holy shit, that's not your grandma. Like, get the fuck out of there. Right, like, my mom would have said, you leave right now. Like, I don't care where you are. Go back to the train station. Which, like, something, like, another criticism that I have is like, well, where the fuck is this happening? If we're saying Bucks County and they were able to get there by a fucking Amtrak train... Um, it's not gonna take eight hours. And she calls to the sheriff there. and gets his voicemail. Right? And she's like, like the sheriff's <laughs> like, That's not. Well, I'm going to come and get you. And you're like, all right, so this is gonna be the climax, and this is what's gonna happen for the next, you know, ten minutes. I agree. The the it was a little bit anticlimactic. You have the final confrontation where each kid is confronting one grandparent um, mm-hmm. and supposed to be in this transformative way. But one of my favorite lines is when um, the kids are sitting down to play Yahtzee with the parent, with the grandparents mm-hmm. and okay. the, the pop pop says to the little kid, he's like, I never liked you. I was like, finally yeah, a character yeah. saying what everyone in the audience <laughs> is thinking. But you're like, that. yeah, that's what I want to be. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to tell as you I, the fucking truth right As here. I was scrolling through YouTube, that Yahtzee clip was one that kept... Oh, interesting. Popping up as, like, best clip or, like, montage. And that was always the, like... What I'm interested in from you guys, too, is, like, a lot of people kind of... At least it seemed to me that, like, if people had higher expectations for this, then they were disappointed. And if you had, like, low expectations, like, you were kind of like, oh, wow, like... I remember seeing the trailer, mm-hmm. thinking it looked really scary, but then also I was like, eh, but it's M. Night Shyamalan, he kind of sucks now. And then I kind of heard from people that were like, yeah, this isn't super great. And so I had zero expectations when my friend put it on, and then I was like, wow, this was way better than I expected. So I'm interested too, like, what, where did you guys come from? Like, did you have certain expectations for this when you went in? I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I don't have the hatred of M. Night Shyamalan that a lot of people do. Like, yeah, he came out with, like, the Lady in the Water Lake. What was that? Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. Um, He did uh, whatever that other one was, The Happening. Those weren't great. But, like, if you think about some of it, and, okay, so some people have thoughts about The Village, but, like, I really liked that movie. People are polarized on almost all of his movies, though. Have you seen After Earth? After Earth? No. That movie is... But, like, Signs was really good. So, like, I, like I was like, too. okay, I'm going to go in this with, like, an open mind. And because you picked it as your underrated movie, I was like, there has to be something good about this. And Unbreakable is really fucking solid. And, like, I think a lot of people forget about that because it's not really, like, fits in his, like, thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but now it is. Now, now it's the yeah, now center it point of Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't have that. No, no. So I went in there and I was like, well, if this movie is Christine's pick, then it has to be worthwhile in one way or another. Uh, And also, like, I was expecting some kind of supernatural aspect to it. And so it was entirely different. So it was definitely not what I was expecting at all. I went, I uh, also have some fave M. Night Shyamalan. Like, Signs, I also absolutely love as a movie. But I had 
pretty low expectations when I first watched it and then was very intrigued. Mm. And that's why I picked it. Um, not, you know, a favorite movie of all time, but certainly one of the movies that always sticks out as a, wow, that was not what yeah. I expected. I mean, um, I think they overdo found footage a lot, but... The found I footage... This was okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's sort of some suspension of disbelief. How did the camera get in that perfect angle to capture that really intense face as the mom shoves cookies, you know, into her mouth and, like... Did, was the movie <laughs> approaches oh, the was camera? It was a very, very scary it, it, shot. Like, was, um, is the movie elevated by found footage? Or does it just seem like something it's that's just, appropriate? Like, it's a trend, so let's kind of roll with it and see what we can do. Dave, can you jump in quickly, too? Because I know you love the Blair Witch. So what, how do you feel about found footage overall? They only needed to make one of those movies. In terms of found footage movies... And it was the Blair Witch. Great. Project. Yes. They did it. Project. I don't need more of those. It's fine. Great. <laughs> okay. But the visit was a no, like, it was knowing in its use, at least yeah. in my opinion, of found footage. So I think it was recognizing it was using a trope. And mm. so I thought it kind of, kind of played with that idea. Um, one big issue I had, and I kind of along the lines of what Sam was saying, is the ending. Uh, I thought if the movie had ended right where the kids eventually kill the parents. Um, grandparents. Excuse me, the grandparents. <laughs> they go to the cruise. Biggest twist, actually. They Spoiler go to the cruise, <laughs> kill their mom, kill their mom's boyfriend, end of movie. No, they kill the grandparents. All over the place. The well, mom the comes grandparents. in, the faux grandparents, just in time, the mom comes, and they're hugging, and these this very odd music is playing. There's this, this happy string music, and it's kind of this fairy tale mm -hmm. atmosphere as Sam is talking about. And they're all hugging and crying. And if the movie had just ended like that, yeah, I thought it would have been solid. How does it end? It ends in this pro or like they're in the police this car. This terrible. Right? No, no, it's it's After. back home, oh, and they're yeah. sitting the mom down, and the mom is crying and talking about yes, some emotional thing, and it just it. It totally deflated at the end. I agree. And there's also, like, this weird subplot mm. of, like, um, the the parents, like, the mother and the father are also separated. Yes. And the children have, like, this hatred of their father. And so there's, like, a subplot of, like, letting go of that anger and, like, being okay with the dad. And so... Um, and so, like, the the idea was that, like, oh, well, maybe now the kids will forgive the dad. That fit nowhere in this film. It, nowhere. It was a shoved-in plot, and then, yeah. again, connecting to... I think it's interesting, though, because I feel like this movie is an example of just, like, a million polarizing things in one that you could, like, kind of attach to and hate. Like, M. Night Shyamalan himself, like, the found footage sort of thing, like, you know, the use of, like, you know old people is like evil or creepy or like the mentally ill like i think there's so many areas that like yeah someone's gonna find something to kind of latch onto and dislike potentially well i think that speaks a lot to why like the craft that went into it for it being your underrated favorite like it still works mm. it, yeah yeah go for it Sam. I'm, I'm sorry i don't want to interrupt but like talking about like weird things that don't mix in this film so there's this one part where so they do interviews and um the the daughter is being interviewed by the by her brother and he's like how come you don't look at yourself in a mirror 
And it was one of the most uncomfortable scenes because it made no sense. Mm. Why do you not care about yourself? That fits it nowhere in nowhere in this. I think so many movies have that though, where you're just like, wait, is that gonna come back? Is that gonna yeah? Be like, okay? are you trying to drag yeah. me away from the point? Wait, wait, come back. They were fabricating emo or like trying to like create emotional moments that weren't there, and that's why when the grandparents are just like trying to kill them, trying to shove the granddaughter in the oven, trying to like shove feces covered depends in their face, it was just Whoa. it was a great way yeah. of them just. Yeah stomping all over their shitty emotional movie Uh and instead taken over. So that's the visit. Um, I, (laughs) maybe it's up for a revisit. Who knows? Someone, someone's, oh, it depends. Yes. (laughs) Someone said something too as a review that was just like, the best part of the visit was that it was a brief one. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I think that ties it all in. Um, so, we are then going to segue into our final segment, um, which is a question that kind of gets at the heart of uh, kind of human behavior. And what do we tell people uh, that is not always true? We're and when it comes to movies, liars. we're all a bunch of fucking movie- yeah. liars. Did we're we- all a bunch of movies. We're all just <laughs> movies that lie to each other. And this. Um, whiteboard question, and again, the whiteboard question is a question um, that um, came from a structure we used at work where we'd write a random question on the board and people would respond to it. So today's whiteboard question is, what movie have you told people you have seen but have in fact not seen for varying reasons? Oh, this is so embarrassing. It's, I, yeah. And for all of you out there listening, that tell themselves, I've never lied about seeing a movie. Like, you you are a liar. Done it. Done Get it. off your high horse. You know you did it. Um, I'll go first. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, Sam. Yeah, I'm always like, yeah, let's get into this film. Like, it's very interesting. All these different aspects. You see Mark Ruffalo's butt? Uh, let's talk about this. And, um, well, I've been able to fake it pretty well because I've never... I own this movie and I have never watched it. Also, I think an interesting aspect to this, too, is it like, have you guys convinced yourself you've seen it at Yes, okay. yes. Great. Absolutely. There's a part of Once me where Once you get I'm the like, synopsis down, you're yeah. good. Yeah. And I've seen enough scenes of it. So, like, the, the, real, the reality is, is that I, I've watched half of it and I just never finished watching the ending. Because, like, a part of me is like, I don't like this like, manic pixie dream girl kind of thing that, like, Kate Winslet, that's who it is, is right, yeah, mm-hmm. like, had, like, sort of going on, and I know she was trying to be, like, the antithesis of that, but, like, I still didn't like it, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll still, I'll die on this hill that I saw that <laughs> movie, but I didn't. Was there a reason why you, or, like, what was the first time that you think you... I lied. Yeah, you lied to somebody about seeing it. If you remember. So, I do. Um, So, in college, like, I had a a group of friends who were, like, really into watching movies. And I thought they were so cool. I might have had a crush on one of the guys. And I was like, yeah, I'm really cool, too. Like, I know everything about this film. Let's talk about it. And I quickly, like, Wikipedia'd and IMDb'd it. It always comes back to a crush, right? Yeah, because he was like, oh, like, this, this movie is so good. It's so good. No, it's not. I mean, it's... It's probably, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Based on what I don't know about this movie. Like, at this point now, like, I don't ever want to watch it completely. Wow. I did great. That was a great answer. Yeah. 
Um, I guess I'll go next. Yeah. So this is also kind of trying to impress people. Great. So like freshman year of high school, I moved, I went to public school for, you know, K through eighth grade, then moved on to a Catholic high school that my cousins went to that I wanted to go to. So I knew nobody going into high school and I thought a really wet, cool way that would make everybody think I'm super cool. Cause everybody was talking about it was saying that I've seen Requiem for a dream. Oh. A movie I still haven't seen. Don't get me into that. <laughs> to this day. Um, and I just thought, I was like, man, I'd be super cool. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. It's like drugs, right? And everybody's like, whoa, man. You're like, I'm so edgy. I'm so edgy. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I can, be, I can hang with, like, the cool kids. Because I know nobody coming into that class. So a way of, yeah, kind of like, I can be part of this group. I've seen Requ- Requ- Requiem for a Dream. But I still haven't seen it to this day. Wow. Don't. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> God, yeah. I, I mean, I saw it once. I'll never see it again. Um, Next time you're in a really good mood. <laughs> if you want to feel like shit, watch that movie. Um, I'll just say right now, I recognize that I lie about a lot of stuff like this sometimes <laughs> because I am a very self-conscious person and I don't like looking stupid. And I think people sure. do that thing where they're just like, oh, you know that scene from this? And I don't want to say like, oh, I actually haven't seen it. And then they have to like backtrack. <laughs> so I'll just kind of like be kind and like, oh yeah, sure. I remember You're just that. just a good conversationalist. And I'll just be like, oh <laughs> yeah, that scene though. Oh, deep. Uh-huh. Um, so that is affirming the other person. I think that's a great skill to have. So yeah, right. I'm being a good person. Um, exactly. but there are quite a few, uh, actually you guys reminded me of one. Cause before we did this, uh, we were talking and, um, I think it's one of the movies I've convinced myself I've seen. I don't think I've ever seen space jams. What? what? Well, you just called it space jam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. You know, the, Thanks, the movie <laughs> to Space Jam. Go buy yourself a Star Wars. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's $5 at Target. Please do your I am a very vulnerable right now in front of you guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> but here's the thing now. You're a little bit like Daffy? Oh, you wouldn't know! <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, I've also lied about seeing The Fifth Element. Oh, oh yes! I think I'm so pretty sure good. I've lied to you about seeing The Fifth <laughs> Element. Oh, that's so good. Um, and probably a bunch of, like, horror movies that I actually don't have an interest in seeing, but I love horror movies, so I'll just be like, yeah, sure, I've seen, like, all the 30 days later movies and shit, whatever, I don't know. So, so the problem of this now, though, is, like, Space Jam is so good, but only if you grew up watching it. That's the thing, I think I convinced myself I saw it, and now I'm just like, no, I'm pretty sure I never did. Yeah. I feel like that'd be another great question for this segment later on, is, like, movies you felt like you've missed a boat on. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I, I saw late? Goonies for the first time in college, and yeah, I thought Goonies it was terrible. Yeah, Goonies isn't the same when you're older. No, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. Well, now I have to pick a different movie if we do that again. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's all coming out in this episode. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't really have a great anecdote, and I'm sure I've lied about other movies, but the first one that came to my mind was, again... You know, college, school, you're trying to impress people. I can't imagine what this is going to be. I I told people I'd seen The Road. (laughs) I was like, I got this. It's like Death and like Viggo Mortensen. Honestly, fuck that movie. Post-apocalyptic. I I got fires. I can talk about it, I think. And then it it was one of those things. (laughs) Aren't there fires? I got fires. I'm thinking like barrel fires on the side of the road. I don't know. But if you know I about barrel like, fires, you don't need to know like, anything else. I was like, I think I can paint this picture. No prob. Um, but yeah. And then after a while, you just kind of like, 
in, com in casual conversation. If the road is brought up, you nod your head and you're like, yeah. I got it. I know. You know what I'm starting to wonder? I thought that movie was a bullshit waste of time. All right, great. Saying. So I don't even need to see no, it. No, you don't. You don't Are there any barrel it. fires? Yeah, there's, probably. There's okay. a large fire. I was just like, <laughs> Like eh. in the distance. Okay. I mean, it's the apocalypse. There's a barrel fire somewhere. Perfect. So what I'm starting to wonder is if, like, we've all lied about seeing these movies and have been able to get away with oh, it. No. Until Has now. Has anyone else seen these movies? We shall explore this idea in our next episode. Can we all prove that we actually have watched the movies? <laughs> Stay tuned. Thank you all so much. Catch you later.